Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to welcome you so much. Um, but even as we prepare to hear the word, I just feel we sing this song of uh, wonderful, merciful Savior. Then we'll go into the word. The choir, please. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who loved God that loved God, rescued the souls of men. Oh, been introduced, uh, married, and my husband is one of those onlineers, Mr. Peter Kaliango, and I'm sure he's there, he's usually there. <laughs> so, um, so I'm married with children, I'm born again, and I want to thank uh, the cathedral leadership so much for uh, the opportunity to preach uh, on this Wednesday service. This is my first time to preach on a Wednesday service. So I want to thank God. Um, so today, the topic we are looking at, we are still, this month, we are looking at the Holy Spirit. Um, so those of you who have been uh, online in the lunch hours, uh, we have been looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. And today, we are looking at the consequences of grieving the Holy Spirit. And we are mainly focusing on that scripture that uh, has been read for us uh, by Reverend Susan, Isaiah 63. We started from verse 10. Uh, but before we go into the topic of consequences of grieving the Holy Spirit, uh, I want us to first of all reflect what is it, what is grieving the Holy Spirit. Uh, I know, you know, many of us know what grieving is. If I could just um, look at the dictionaries, they tell us this is causing, you know, something that is causing intense sorrow. 
or something causing anguish or something causing uh, uh, distress. So that's something that grieves someone. So if we talk about grieving the Holy Spirit, it means that we, are, you know, we stir up that kind of emotion in the person of the, of the Holy Spirit. I know some of us want to refer to him as it. Eh? They say, something, something told me, it told me. And so we may not be able to actually think that this person, this is a person who has an emotion and we can stir up that kind of grief in him. And so when we talk of um, grieving the Holy Spirit, uh, how, how, how does that come? If, that, if the Holy Spirit can feel grieved, how? Um, so when we look at the scripture we have read today, it started by um, the prophet Isaiah is looking at how good God has been to, you know, has been to Israel. He's mentioning how, you know, his loving kindness, how good he has been. You know, when they were afflicted, he was also afflicted. When they were down, he lifted them up. So he starts with that. He talks of the goodness of God. Uh, but when it comes to uh, verse 10, then he says, but they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. You know? So friends, what grieves the Holy Spirit is rebellion. It is rebellion that leads to the grieving uh, of the Holy Spirit. And when we look at rebellion, what is it? We are talking about disobeying. Disobeying the word of God. Disobeying the commands of God. Disobeying the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Opposing. You know, when, when we talk of rebels, we talk of people who oppose. So, um, many times we want to think of the rebels out there, but then they are the rebels in church. Because if we are opposing the Holy Spirit, if we are rebelling, it means that we are opposing. We ignore his leading. You know, he guides us. You know, as believers, uh, and as we've been looking at different um, series about the Holy Spirit, we've been told about some of the work of the Holy Spirit. And so when we read the, um, I think it's John uh, 14, I think verse about 26, which talks about the helper. He was the one Jesus left to help us. And so we ignore his leading. We don't recognize his leadership. We don't recognize his help or even that we need it. And so in this particular text, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, is talking about the children of Israel that they rebelled against the Lord. And this is a summary of the many ways in which they disobeyed his commands, in which they disobeyed his guidance. Uh, when we read the book of um, um, Exodus, Exodus 23, from a verse around 20, Exodus 23 from verse 20, there onwards, he talks about the angel. He's saying, I'm sending an angel before you. He says, listen to him. Obey his voice because my name is in him. Meaning his spirit was in him and so he was the one to guide them. And so they disobeyed because that, 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 he tells them that, you know, if you obey, that is how you're going to come into the land. You're going to come into the land that I've, I've promised you. But so, the prophet is talking about the many ways in which uh, these people disobeyed those commands. Maybe not to go after other gods. Not to trust, you know, in, in, in the help of other nations, you know. 
to trust him completely for everything. Because, you know, he gave them the manna. He, gave, he, he helped them to cross the Red Sea. Gave them the manna. But even after that, they were crying for meat. But all those things that they went through, there's what the Lord wanted from them. Uh, but the prophet is saying they rebelled. He wanted them to live their lives as he directed. He gave them literally um, guidelines on so, so many things, including... You know, sometimes we are not even uh, thinking that the Lord might be interested in where people go to the, to the washroom, including the washroom for the camp. Can you imagine? So he wanted them to uh, live a certain way. And so the prophet is talking, they rebelled in spite of the fact that he was with them. He, you know, he loved them. He carried them. They rebelled against him. So this grieves the Holy Spirit. And when we look at Ephesians, um, the book of Ephesians, maybe you can put that one up, Ephesians 4, uh, verse 30. The Apostle Paul is writing to this Gentile church in Ephesus, uh, Ephesians 4, verse 30. And he, he, he tells them, he, do not grieve, you know, do not grieve the Spirit of God. Okay, thank you very much. So do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know, it would have been good to read the whole part, but uh, in the interest of time, we're just picking out this. But please, uh, you, you can go back and start actually even from verse 1. So, Paul is writing uh, to these people right, uh, right from uh, chapter 1, but picking on from verse 17, I mean from verse 1, but picking on from verse 17. He talks to them about not living like the rest of the Gentiles. They who had believed Christ... Not to believe, I mean to live lives of, uh, you know, with their minds darkened. Not understanding, you know, the things of God. This is what Paul writes to these people from verse 17. And so there are a number of things he tells them. He lists a number of things. They who were believers, the way they were supposed to live a different life. And so, um, many things he, he talks, uh, but in summary, if I summarize these things that he talks about in Ephesians 4 verse 17... He's talking about living um, a life following after the flesh. Because he mentions a number of things, you know. He mentions anger, bitterness, wrath, and, you know, uh, malice, lying. But all these things, if I put them together, Apostle Paul was telling these people, do not live, you know, there are things that you, you uh, the people who are not born again, the people who had not believed Christ, there were ways in which they were living. And he was saying, do not live. So the new man, the new man in Christ was supposed to live a certain way. And so then he comes to this verse 30, looking at all those things. And then he says, do not grieve the spirit of God. And so friends, um, if we stick to the ways, you know, of the old man, those ways, um, it's in rebellion. It's in rebellion to... The word of God is in rebellion to the guidance of the Holy Spirit because the new man is supposed to live according to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so if we live in that old way, then we grieve, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And so God may want us to live a certain way, for example, as the word guides us. You know, the word of God is there to guide us as it tells us. But maybe sometimes you say, no, that one is too spiritual. Hmm? Have we heard of such? That, no, 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 that one is too spiritual. 
So we modify. We modify our lives a bit to kind of be able to blend in, to blend in with the world. So we compromise, okay? Because the other one is too much. You are too much. You are too spiritual. And so we compromise that to be able not to seem, we don't want to seem awkward or I don't know what, whatever. And so you feel like, let me modify this. Sometimes you feel my friends know a better way. And so you want to listen. The Holy Spirit is saying, do this. But then even after the guidance, you say, but there's this which, you know, and sometimes you say, something has put on my heart. Yeah, after you prayed, and then it says something. Something has put on my heart. There's this which something has put on my heart, but do you think I should? And then they say, ah, isn't that a whatever? Who has ever done like that, you know? And so, and then we go with the, the guidance of the friends. So sometimes we, 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 we feel our friends know a better way. So you want to argue with what the Lord has told you. Sometimes you feel maybe it is the culture. The culture, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to dying and burying and things like that, the culture, when it comes, you know, there are things which we, we, we preserve for the culture as if the word of God has no guidance. So we feel our culture guides better. Sometimes it's the, the profession. You feel for us as, sorry if you're an accountant, for us as accountants, this is what we do. I, I'm not picking on you. It's just the, the first profession that came. You know, for us as lawyers, this is, how we, this is how we do our things. Have you ever heard of a lawyer who tells the truth? You know, I, I've just added that one. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, these are some of the arguments we present and say, who has ever, you know, can you really keep books of accounts or whatever without, you know, using your head knowledge? If you're managing a company, we want to bring all that and say, ah, there's my experience. Okay, and so we feel that that is what, you know, maybe we know better or the profession guides better. This is the way we do things. This is the way we do this thing here. You know, one time I was so, 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 so disappointed and so let me speak. There was a function, this function was for a bishop somewhere which I'm not going to say. Uh, and so, they, somebody who was dealing with the food hired a Muslim from Kampala and took the Muslim up country to cut the, yeah, the, to cut the heads of the chicken that to make it halal. Can you imagine? So this is, and these are believers. So when we talk, I'm not talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about believers. This is a believer who got transported hired and paid this Muslim to go and, you know, slaughter the, the chicken. And so, and, and, and when we asked him, well, why did you do this? And he says, but this is how we always do it. Friends, believers, saying this is how we do things. You know, we, we don't care about the guidance of the, the Holy Spirit. But friends, uh, we grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, you can be amazed that in a gathering, if they are preparing for a wedding, it is the believer who will say the alcohol will not be enough. The budget for the alcohol is not enough. So these are the things, you know, we, we compromise because the other way is too spiritual. 
the way of the Holy Spirit is too much. And so, like I've said, rebellion grieves the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, I wanted us to first reflect on that. As we go into, you know, today we are supposed to talk about the consequences, but I wanted us to reflect a bit on what, you know, how, how do we do that? So when we, we read in Isaiah 63, let me read that again. So please, uh, could you please put for us again um, verse 10 of Isaiah 63. Verse 10 of Isaiah 63. Please put up for us again. Okay. Let, let's read it together. Verse 10. Let's read. So he turned and became their enemy, and he himself fought against them. Friends, that is, we are looking at the consequences. We have looked at how, but now we want to look at the consequences. The word of God is saying, God himself, he turned against them as an enemy, and he fought against them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a fight with the Lord? Do you think you can win? You, you see, in the book of Job, Job was a, you know, for him he said, who can fight against the Lord if he was to contend with, with somebody? Hmm? Who could fight against him? In Job, uh, I think it's nine. So, can you, do you think you can fight against the Lord? So, if the Lord says, if you grieve my spirit, I'm going to fight against you, just know it is a, doomsday, if I could call it that. Hmm? When we read Psalm 78, and I'm not going to read the, you know, it's a long psalm, I'll just pick out a few, I'm not going to read there for time purposes, but when we read Psalm 78, it gives a good account of how the children of Israel moved uh, with the Lord. And um, if I jump uh, to verse 60, it talks about how they forsook, you know, because of their rebellion, they, they annoyed him because of their rebellion. And in verse 60, he say, it says he forsook Shiloh. You know, this was the worship place. We are talking about Shiloh, the place of worship. But the Lord, he left it. Friends, if we grieve the Holy Spirit, he can keep silent. We can gather together like this as a gathering in the name of the Lord. But because we are grieving him, he keeps silent. You know, there are some churches where you go and if we sat here like this, bats, bats would be crossing all over, all over, all over. Eh? And you wonder what's going on. I'm not saying that when there are no bats, it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit eh, cannot keep quiet. But... That's one of the buts. But so, the Holy Spirit can keep silent. You can gather, but you, you, you know, he's not doing or working in his power as he could work. And even as an individual, if the Spirit of the Lord keeps silent from your place of worship, you know, your prayer will be dry. Yeah? So when you start praying, most of the time then you, you're sleeping. Yeah? Because if his power was available moving, who can sleep? <laughs> but you're sleeping, then you start to read the word. And so, it's a dry life. There are no answers. And so, if the Holy Spirit departs, 
Remember, we have said that in John 14, verse uh, 6, uh, the word of God said, uh, the Holy Spirit, Jesus was saying, I'm leaving you a helper. And so he left the helper, the Holy Spirit. So if the helper is silent, if the helper is silent, now who's going to help you? If the one who is supposed to guide you is silent, who's going to guide you? So that's why we see many times we are having confusion. You're saying, oh, should I do this? Or should I do the other one? Then you, you start on this, yeah? you start on this project, and then midway you see it's not good enough. You start on another project because there's confusion. The Spirit of God who's supposed to guide you is not there. Maybe you didn't ask him. Who is going to teach you? And so in the many areas where we need to learn, we find that, you know, we are closed off, we are not learning. Who's going to be your comforter? Because that's the other work of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we find ourselves, you know, in you know, depression and all kinds of things. We are looking for alcohol, uh, some powerful cigarettes or whatever. Sometimes uh, some people feel it with the, you know, if they are men, they feel it with women. If they are women, they feel it with men, you know. Because the comforter is not there. The one who is supposed to fill your life. So, we are looking at the consequences of grieving the Holy Spirit. So we have said he can be silent. And when we read First Thess Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 19, it talks about quenching, quenching the Spirit of God. Of course, the Spirit, he talks about the prophecies and also evil, you know, he's saying um, something about not refuting te uh, or testing the prophecies. But we can quench the Holy Spirit because it talks about if there are evil ways. So when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we continue in that. We quench his power. We dampen his fire in our lives. So if I jump back, I'm jumping back now to, verse 70, uh, to chap, uh, Psalm 78. I talked about verse 60. But when you read uh, in there, verse 61, 62, 63, he, the word of God says he delivered them into the enemy's hands. And in those days, friends, there were these physical enemies. There were, you know, all kinds of people, Midianites, Philistines, or Moabites, or Ammonites. In this day, you may not see the Philistines coming physically at you, but the spirit of the Philistines will come. So you will, you will find yourself suffering, you know, uh, financial strife, you know, uh, diseases, uh, you know, marriage disturbances, all kinds of troubles if the spirit, if the, if the Lord comes against you, if the Lord says he's going to fight against you, he will release you into the hands of the enemy and it can touch any area of your life because he's the one in charge of life. The Lord is the one in charge of life. So there is nothing where you can say that in this matter, you know, in this matter, ah, this one I have control. No. Because when you read actually in verse, uh, I think it was verse 63 of Psalm 78, he says, their young men were consumed by fire and their maidens were not given in marriage. Do you know that the Lord can resist you even not to get married? And it, it talks about releasing the sword and all kinds of things. So, friends, when the Lord says that if, you grieve, if they grieve his spirit, they rebelled against him, grieved his spirit, and he himself uh, fought against them. 
We are saying the Lord can touch any area. And there's nobody who is superior. Nobody is superior to God that is going to, um, to, to, to fight against him. It's only him. You have to come back to him. The one who has fought you is the one you are supposed to come back to. And so, um, he doesn't fight us maybe to give us the hope. He doesn't fight us so that he will finish us. When the Lord fights somebody, it is so that you will turn. You know, when we read several scriptures, but I'll just pick one, and maybe we can put that one up. In Jeremiah 26, verse 3, when, uh, Jeremiah 26, verse 3, when the Lord had so many issues against Israel and Judah, and so he spoke how he was going to you know, take them into captivity, but in verse 26, uh, chapter 26, verse 3, says, perhaps they will listen, and each will turn from his evil way. Then I will relent and not bring on them the disaster I was planning because of the evil they have done. Friends, the Lord does not fight you to just finish you. It is in the hope that as if he fights you, you will relent, you will turn, you will realize that you are off. You will realize how you've gone astray and you will turn. And so then he's saying, and then I will not inflict on them the disaster. So friends, that's what the Lord wants from us. So even as we reflect on what is it, let us know that there is hope. I want to, um, to just give you my testimony, or one of my testimonies, and some of you could have heard it. But several, uh, some years ago, I started getting problem after problem. I would solve this, then something comes up, then something comes up, something, you know, I was like, what is all this? But um, finally, I, I, I fell sick. And then I would have sickness after sickness. I reached an extent, when I would get the medicine I was supposed to take, I would put it like this, in the palm of my hand. It was like groundnuts. You know, those of you who eat groundnuts, if you pour at groundnuts and they fill the palm of your hand, that's how it was. That's the medicine I was taking. And I start one by one, I take. And then, but then I knew that the Lord heals, I would pray and fast and ask, Lord, I, I, I would not ask by the way, I would, just, I would just say, please heal me. And I knew the Lord heals. And sometimes people would say, maybe the faith is not enough. I would say, God, I trust that you heal. I trust that you're the healer. You can heal me. But nothing. Until one day I said, okay, Lord, I've, <laughs> I've reached my end. I just knelt down and I asked him, please, could you tell me why I'm not okay. Because it was sickness after sickness. They were just multiplying. And that's what the Lord was waiting for. I didn't have to wait. You know, sometimes we want to wait to, to dream. <laughs> or we want to wait for... No, no, he just replied immediately and told me, read Jeremiah 40, verse 3. So I got my version, I still remember, which I had a contemporary English version at that time, that's what I was reading. I opened it, and when I read Jeremiah 40 verse 3 said, I the Lord, and you can put it up, I the Lord, I have done this, it, it could just be a little bit, but let me just give you the words of that version I was reading. 
It was saying, I, the Lord, have done this because you people have sinned against me. I said, hey, 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 hey. No, 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 no. Give me another one. <laughs> because I didn't want to hear that the Lord is saying he's the one. Ah, no. Then uh, he gave me another scripture, which I don't remember up to now. I don't remember that second scripture. But it was saying the same thing. So I said, okay, okay. Could you show me these things that have annoyed you so much about my life? And the Lord started showing me. You know, Christians, you can go through life compromising. And you don't even take the responsibility to come before the Lord in repentance. You, you just take it, ah, we are sorry for the things we have done and the ones we have not done, we, you know? So we take, we go through our relationship with the Lord with that kind of, uh, you know, lukewarm, laissez-faire, or what, I don't know what to put it, but you, you treat your sin as if it's, not, it's nothing big. And so, the Lord started showing me and said, that one, I'm annoyed with that one also. Even that one. And I said, okay, I'm not even going to ask you again to heal me. I got a paper and I started writing. I would write, I, I, I wrote the things the Lord was convicting me of. And some of them, it was me. Others, it was my family. It's like, when I look at you people. So, I even turned the other page. <laughs> I mean, there were that many. Eh? But here I am. I'm praying for healing. But the Lord has something against me. And so, I said, okay, I'm not praying about healing. I, I started bringing those things before the Lord. Please forgive me. Even this one, I would mention them day by day until he was satisfied. So, one day, um, we had, uh, there was a, I was somewhere in a church and there was an overnight and I was, the person who came to minister uh, asked for somebody to translate for them. So I, I, I came. So as I translated, the person says, there's somebody like here, like, the, like this, like that. I said, it is me. Okay, I first translated, by the way. I translated in case there was someone else. Then I said, it is me. And said, the Lord heals you today. Remember, my tablets, a palm full. I used to go in the hospital where I used to go. They knew me. I would go. For me, I, would, I didn't want to wait. I would go very early in the morning. I go to the lab. I order for the tests that I want, and I wait uh, so that when the doctor comes, they can see me immediately. He didn't even, when the doctor came, he didn't even look at the results. He just said, you, you were healed long ago. Go away. You were healed. I remove all all the medicine, stop every medicine. I remove everything. It's me who are saying, but, but he said, you are healed. Friends, that is when the Lord removes his hand from you. And he went removing other things because I had reached an extent, I would not lie down. I could not sleep lying down. I used to sleep while sitting. I just propped my back, uh, you know, against the bedpost. And I, that's how I would sleep, sitting. Because I would have a lot of acid, and if I dared eat certain things. But the Lord took all those one by one. Until the final one, when I would say, I, I don't drink juice. The Lord told somebody to buy for me 
this uh, tropical, some, uh, uh, what is it? What is it? Tropical mix of some, one of those juices, and told them to give it to me. So when they gave it to me, in my heart I said, for me, I don't drink this. But I said, let me, let me just carry it away. Maybe I'll give it out. But when I reached Sam, I said, but if the Lord can speak to somebody to buy me this thing, let me drink it. That was the last time. Friends, I can eat anything. I can drink anything. You know? Okay, I'm saying anything, but apart from alcohol. <laughs> so, the Lord healed me. So, we are talking about when God has his hand against you. You see, there are consequences of grieving the Holy Spirit. So I don't know. I don't know how you have grieved the Holy Spirit even as I, I finish. I want us to reflect. How have you grieved the Holy Spirit? Some of us, we don't know the Lord. We have grieved him. He's, he speaks to you time and again to come to the Lord to accept Jesus as your savior. I said that is for those other ones. So I don't know. Some of us, we are born again, but living a life of compromise, I have talked about the ones who carried a Muslim to cut, you know, to slaughter chicken. And that's not all, you know? The Lord is speaking to you, has spoken to you about areas in your life which you're not changing. You are waiting. Some of you, we are waiting for a big, you are saying, I'm waiting for the big message from God. The things he's telling you, you think they are small. He's talking about your dressing, you're saying, for me, I'm waiting for marriage. He's talking about you, your heart, please change your heart. You're saying, I'm only waiting for the Lord to hear when am I getting married. He's telling you to do things you're waiting for some big thing. I'm telling you, friend, that big thing you're waiting for will come only if you deal with what you're calling small. Let us listen. What is it? What is the Lord speaking to you about? Some of us are already experiencing the hand of the Lord like I was. The Lord has resisted you. You start business after business, they crumble you have not even gone back to say, but why? The Lord's hand is on you. Some of us, we already experiencing the consequences. But what are we saying? That the Lord is a merciful God. We are talking about the one whose purpose is to help you. We are talking about the God who says, I'm waiting. Maybe they will turn. So he's speaking to you, child of God, that maybe you will turn. We are not talking about someone who is not able. You know, when you read, we didn't read the beginning of Isaiah 63, but when you read the beginning, the Lord, these very people who had rebelled against them, he is coming from a battle to deliver them from their enemies. That is the Lord we, can, we are talking about that is able to deal with that which is afflicting you. Friends, you don't need a witch. Because some of us, we think that's the solution. You don't need to dedicate your business to powers of darkness. No, you don't need. 
You don't need to, to take your you know, children to, I don't know where, to the witches. You don't need. There's something the Lord wants from you. And if you give it to him, he will turn from that which he has brought upon you. So as I complete, and even as I have completed, <laughs> I want you to open your heart. Friend, open your heart. You might be there, as I've said, that you don't know the Lord. Sometimes we feel we are too bright. You're too, you have so many titles. You have so many degrees. You are so strong and industrious sometimes. That's what we think. We don't need the Lord. That's what you think. You think your wisdom is higher than the wisdom of God. But the Lord is calling you today. If you're not one of those experiencing the consequences yet, don't wait to experience the consequences. And if you're one of those experiencing the consequences, I've told you, the Lord was able to help me. He's ready to help you, but he wants something from you. And you're the one to take that decision. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.